good morning, everybody. If this is your first time here, or even if you've been here before, welcome to Thrive Church. I'm so glad that you decided to spend your Sunday morning with us today. We are interrupting our series um, as uh, that goes through the book of James, and we're trying to address something. Um, there's an emotional toll that the pandemic lockdown has taken on and everyone, and we felt like we really needed to talk about it. So uh, the bottom line here is if you're feeling off in some way, shape, or form, that's normal. And, and you need somebody to tell you that. It's normal for you to feel a little bit off uh, as you've been in either quarantine or isolation or in lockdown, whatever you want to call it. You've been by yourself or you've been with just a few uh, close friends or family members, and it, it does take a toll on each one of us. Very often, uh, six months after some type of a traumatic event, um, a group of people uh, will experience a certain amount of what we call situational depression, a heightened sense of sadness. And that's like after natural disasters or something like an economic shutdown. That is what we would call a collective trauma to our system. And, uh, and it's no, quite normal for people to feel down about it, to, to feel, um, you know, a height, like I said, a heightened level of sadness. So if you're feeling that way, please understand you're in good company. There's a lot of other people who are feeling it too. And having said that, I know that doesn't necessarily lessen the, the discomfort, but it does give us common ground with other people. Um, so if you're experiencing it, probably somebody else is. And you're, if you're wondering why you, you tend to be at odds with the people that you live with, there you go. Uh, that might offer some kind of an explanation. And of course, there's other emotions that are in play too. It's not just a heightened sense of sadness. Um, there are other things going on underneath the surface, I'm sure. Uh, you probably see it in yourself. I know I've seen it in myself. And um, frankly, we've seen this on our news uh, feeds spilling out into the streets. All kinds of things happening around the country that just ugly all the way around. There's nothing good that's coming out of it. Of course, anger uh, is the emotion that we're talking about here. And, and frankly, we need to talk about it. We need to bring that one out into the open. And so what I want to do today is I want to draw your attention to uh, some of the writings of, uh, of a New Testament author, a man named Paul. He wrote a whole bunch of letters. In fact, he wrote most of what we call the New Testament. And in in particular, we're talking about the book of Ephesians. So he wrote a letter to a church that gathered in a major Roman city called Ephesus. And uh, it was a great city. It was very influential um, in the Roman Empire, but also it was a very influential church that was there. And Paul helped found that church, and he would uh, often try to visit when he could or send emissaries there, and he wrote a letter. And we still have it. And there's particular section in that book that I think uh, is worth us pausing and reading. So we're going to kind of walk through this um, section by section. I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you have a Bible app or you have a Bible old school style, you may want to turn there and you can look at, at it uh, with me. If you don't have it, that's fine. I'll have it on the screen for you. So um, Paul is addressing behavior. He's talking to um, this this audience, this group of Christians, 
about how they're supposed to act, how they ought to act, what it means to act in a godly way. And I want you to, want you to see what he says. Here, here it is, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting um, kind of progression of things. Uh, notice that there are very distinct phases here. You were taught to put off the old self. That's step one. Put off the old self, which is being corrupted, um, which is the, the part of us that has this propensity to sin. And then to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And of course, then to put on the new self, which is to created to be like God in this idea of holiness. When we're talking about holiness in the Jewish mindset, we're talking about not just a state of being, but actually a state of action. And so Paul begins to describe this. But notice that with all three of these ideas, these three actions, they're deliberate. These are deliberate acts that, um, that we're supposed to take. It's not like it's a magic wand. As soon as you become a follower of Jesus, all of a sudden, you know, poof, you're, you're this brand new person. Well, we don't necessarily act like that. And so we have to put off those old things, those things that we know are not what God has in mind. We have to renew our minds so that we're in a position where we can put on a new self, one that's holy and one that's righteous. Fortunately for us, he gives us an example. Going on, he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. And I love this. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So it's interesting to me. It's like you got, need to speak truthfully. But then he deals with this emotional component. He talks about be angry. Yes. Why? Because emotions are something that God gave us. They're not going away. He doesn't say don't be angry. He says be angry. It's fine to have a certain amount of anger when circumstances warrant it. Emotions are given to us by God to help us understand the world around us. And you'll remember maybe from a sermon a couple weeks ago, that anger is often the signal of a blocked goal. Uh, we're after something and we get blocked from it. We're impeded from achieving it. And then we get angry about it. And here he says, it's okay to be angry. Of course it is. Emotions, God-given. However, what he says um, is don't sin. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to sin because of anger. You can't let um, that emotion get out of control. Now, I want to pause here for a second because um, this word about, about anger and angry, very interesting in the Greek, Greek language. And it carries with it a certain idea. Uh, if you can see the, the picture on the screen, this is, a, this is an orange tree. 
And the word for anger is rooted in what appears to be an agricultural word. The root of that word is um, a piece of fruit that is beginning to swell with juice. So think about um, a fruit like an apple or an orange, uh, whatever your favorite fruit is, and it begins to grow on a tree and it begins to swell, it begins to get bigger. And of course, you know, that's something that you want to be nice and juicy, especially oranges. And this idea of anger carries that um, sense with it. It's something that fills, it's something that grows, and it's okay for fruit. Not such a great thing when it comes to anger. And so that's why uh, it's very easy for anger to get a hold of us. Have you ever noticed yourself, um, something happens maybe at work and you're a little bit agitated and so it's really easy for you to take it out on your family when you get home? Yeah, now you're beginning to understand this swelling idea. We have this uh, sense in us, this emotional sense. And when we don't address it, it begins to grow, begins to swell with more anger. We have to be careful of that. And so Paul comes back and he says, says to us, um, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, you need to deal with that anger. And here's the reason why. And I think this is incredibly important that we think about it. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Hmm. It's interesting to me that uh, a couple of things. First of all, when we talk about sinful behavior, certainly what we're seeing around the country in certain cities, uh, a lot of the anger is spilling out at nighttime. Have you noticed that? So when a lot of that stuff occurs. And here Paul says, you need to address these things uh, as they come up. And the warning here is quite important. Um, don't give the devil a foothold. Or maybe a better way of even saying this is don't give the devil a place in your life. Because essentially that's what's occurring here. If you don't deal with that emotion, that emotion will eventually deal with you. Um, it will build and become more. It will swell with more anger. That's where we get this idea of fruit. Um, and emotions are like that. And when we do this, when, when, we, when we ignore those emotions and we don't actually deal with them at an appropriate time, <laughs> all we're doing is aiding and abetting the enemy. We're literally giving him a place in our life. And, and that's not something that I want to do. I'm sure that you don't either. And so we've got this problem and the question is, what do we do with this? How do we address this? Well, we get a bit of a clue down in verse 31. So we've gone through chapter 4, verses 22, now through 27. If you can skip down to verse 31, here's what he writes. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Now, there's a lot of bad emotions there, right? I mean, there's a lot of, of really dangerous types of emotions. And I think it's important that we, we, we kind of point this out. He says, get rid of all bitterness. Um, maybe this will help. 
you've got this idea of, of, of bitterness, which in, in my mind is really anger coupled with blame. It's one thing to be angry, but if that anger goes unchecked, it tends to grow into rage. Um, what's interesting here is that the word, the Greek term for rage, carries with it the idea of breathing heavy, breathing violently. It's a passionate kind of thing. It's when anger gets amped up. And, and you know, when you get a little angry, your breath starts in and out, in and out, because your body is tensing and you're ready for that, that kind of fight. That's rage. But then, when we begin to assign blame to other people, that's when bitterness begins to take hold. In Greek, this particular word means extreme wickedness, and it tends to bring with it an idea of action. So when you're angry, um, that is the fruit that's beginning to swell. And if it's unchecked, it turns into rage, which is the body getting ready for some type of, of action. It's breathing heavy. It's taking in more energy. And ultimately, bitterness is really this, this true, extreme, unmitigated type of wicked activity. Do you see how that works? So Paul says, if you want to deal with bitterness, you need to deal with the rage. And if you want to deal with the rage, then you need to deal with the anger. You kind of got to work yourself backwards on this. It's an interesting progression. And I think we, we can see this in our own lives and certainly are, um, the people around us. And, and if you've unfortunately been around truly angry people, you've probably experienced the worst of this. That's why Paul says you need to deal with those emotions because um, otherwise they leak. The source is anger and we need to deal with that. Now, of course, going backwards here, um, you know, there's also this idea of, of, uh, of malice and um, slander and brawling. And of course, those are all actions that we take. By the time you get to bitterness, th that energy's got to go somewhere. And it will generally take us in places that we don't want to go. If you tend to express yourself physically, brawling. If you tend to express yourself verbally, then slander. But ultimately, it comes down to this idea of malice, where you're really out to do someone else in. Which, by the way, seems to be the opposite of loving God and loving people, loving neighbor as self. That's not what, what Jesus has in mind. It's okay to be angry, but you need to deal with that anger. You need to deal with it appropriately. Otherwise, it will build and it will go somewhere. Um, in uh, uh, certain 12-step uh, programs, they talk about the idea of emotional leaks. And that's what happens. Um, it begins to swell to a certain point and it begins to leak out, whether it's hurt or whether it's fear or whether it's anger, all those things begin to leak out of human beings over time if those emotions aren't dealt with appropriately. So we need to talk about this stuff, especially in the church. Unresolved anger um, coupled with sadness of a pandemic lockdown. That's where we are, if you really think about it. We're angry. Things aren't back to normal. We're sad because things aren't back to normal. It's no wonder that things are boiling over around the country. 
Now that doesn't doesn't mean that that there aren't real reasons for those um, uh, emotions to be to be present to begin with. I'm not suggesting that at all. But under these conditions, it's no wonder that we're seeing it. It's no wonder that we're experiencing it. And how many of you personally feel more agitated? How many how many are of you are noticing that. You may not be able to explain why, but there's this part of you that just seems agitated. And I recently had a conversation with our, our daughter in college, and her roommate uh, has this uh, pattern. Um, she'll uh, go to class, and within about four seconds, she's back in the room because she forgot her mask. <laughs> of course, it's, it's aggravating, and we find it you know, kind of humorous, but you know, we've all been there. We've all experienced that little sense of agitation. And the problem is, is it grows and it swells. And if other things happen on top of it and it goes unchecked, well, we end up snapping at our wife and kids or frankly worse. And it builds up to a point where it spills out into the streets. So the question here, <laughs> kind of painful. How many of you want to give the enemy a place in your life? What Paul is saying um, to us through his letter is that if we don't deal with this, that's exactly what's happening. And I think when the enemy turns on his TV and the devil sees what's going on around the country, I think he loves it. So how about you? Is this something that you want to see happen? You have to resolve the emotions. Emotions are energy. And it's, like I said, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to get mitigated somehow. Otherwise, it's going to burst. And, And here's the thing. Look, anger is not sinful by itself. It becomes sinful in action because it's unchecked. That's the thing you've got to remember is that if you're not going to deal with that emotion, that energy's going to go somewhere. It's probably going to take you in a place that you don't want to go, whether by the things you say or by the things you do. It starts with a leak, and then it begins to just, well, it explodes. So if you don't want that to happen, what do we do? Well, we've talked about this before, but bears repeating again. First and foremost, folks, you've got to acknowledge it. There's a certain amount of self-awareness here that if you're feeling off, if you're feeling that sense of frustration, you've got to call it out. You've got to name it for what it is. You've got to say, I'm angry. And then you can even you know, explore why you're angry. What is it that's being blocked for you? What is it that's causing the as- agitation? Where is that? And it may be one thing, it might be a whole bunch of things. My guess is it's probably a buildup of certain events or circumstances over a period of time. But you have to acknowledge it. You can't deal with anything that you haven't acknowledged. And so the first step is to have a little bit of emotional self-awareness and just call it out, I'm angry. And Paul says, be angry. It's emotional. It's God-given. Helps you understand the world, but don't sin. So if you're angry, that's fine. Now, how do we deal with the next step? Well, 
you got to take it to God. It's kind of central to our idea of discipleship, right? You've got to bring it into the presence of God. Let him put some light on it. Because I think what happens with, with anger and with anxiety and with all of those uncomfortable sorts of emotions what usually happens is when it's in the dark, when it's covered up, when it's pushed off to the side, that's when it begins to grow. It needs the light to help put it away. And so you have to acknowledge it. I'm angry. God, what do I do with this? What do I do with this, Lord? Sometimes when that emotion is so strong, the, the only place that you really can take it is to God. There's a, a relatively famous theologian. Um, his name is Miroslav Wolf. And uh, he said this, God's presence is the only safe place for the human soul to rage. Let that sink in for a moment. Your spouse is not a safe place for your soul to rage. You will do damage to your spouse. Your kids, not a safe place for your soul to rage. Your friends, depends on how good a friend they are, but really, not a safe place for the human soul to truly rage. Where all of that agitation, where all of that anger has swollen to such a point where you are on the verge of of blaming and being bitter and letting it spill out into actions, the only place that's safe is the presence of God. But you gotta acknowledge it and you gotta actually deliberately take it to him. And I, th I think Wolf is right here. God's presence is the only safe place to do that. It's the only one. Because you can't damage God. You, you can't hurt him by your words because of how great he is, how big he is, how loving he is, he can absorb all of that. In fact, here's the thing, it just occurs to me. In Jesus, God took all of the rage of humanity upon him, himself. He absorbed it and he outlasted it. The only safe place for the human soul to rage is the presence of God because he's already demonstrated that he can handle it. So if you don't want to give the, give the devil a foothold or a place in your life, then your only recourse truly on a spiritual sort of real level is the presence of God. And to allow your soul to rage, to allow it to come out, allow, I mean, he can handle it. He's already seen humanity's worst. You're not going to outdo that. Now, that's discipleship for us, is to take things to the presence of God, and then, of course, we need to listen and we need to respond to the things that we hear. And we, we, talk, we talk about this almost every week. This is discipleship. Jesus said, go and make disciples. So that means I need to be a disciple myself. That means that I listen and respond. And then, by the way, making disciples doesn't mean I can teach you how to do it too. 
but I have to listen and respond to the things that God is saying. It's not covering it up. It's not being, um, you know, overly optimistic about things. It's dealing with the reality that this is how I'm feeling. This is the direction I'm going to go. And if I don't have a place to get rid of all of that energy, a safe place to get rid of all that energy, I'm going to do damage either to myself or the people that I love. That's discipleship, dealing with the reality of all of that. So we listen and respond. Now, here's the thing. You may have to work through some forgiveness. I, you know, that, that could very well, well be the case. You may need to ask for, for some assistance with that. That's why we're here. Um, we're here to try to help you with that. We're not the safe place to rage. That's God. But if you need to work through some of those things, that's why we're here. So if you need to ask for, for help processing, that's okay. That's okay. Hmm. So here's the thing. Depression, sadness, it's normal. If you're angry, that's normal too. It's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay that you are feeling those emotions. It makes you human. The question is, is how are you going to deal with them as a follower of Jesus? It's what we do with it, where we direct that energy. That's the separation between staying holy and sinning. So I just want to encourage you today um, to acknowledge how you're feeling first and foremost. And secondly, to take it seriously enough to be in the presence of God. Tell him how you're feeling and then listen and respond to the things that you hear. Of course, ask for help if you need it. See, there is a, there is a way of getting rid of the way that you're feeling. Um, but it's not easy. It's simple, it's just not easy. And it has to be a deliberate act. It doesn't just happen on its own. So don't stuff it. <laughs> don't pretend that it's not there. Uh, don't think that you can handle it. Human beings, we're really bad at that. Unfortunately, God is much bigger than all those things. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're humans. You've made us. Lord you have put emotions in each one of us to help us understand this world as it begins to unfold around us, in front of us. And we need those emotions to, to truly be healthy human beings. But God, sometimes we're not so good at handling too much of it. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, would you help us, would you empower us, would you strengthen us to, to acknowledge how we're really feeling? And would you show us what it's like to be in your presence for you to speak to us in a way that we understand that will help us get through it. Whether you speak to us directly or through another or through your word, it's entirely up to you. But God, I know there are people who are watching today who are sad, who are fearful, and yes, they're angry. Would you speak to them in a way that they would understand? Thank you, God, that we can bring this to you. Thank you, God, that you are safe. 
and you are big enough and you are strong enough to handle all of the rage that we have deep inside of us. I pray that that reality um, would be known to every person who calls Thrive Church home. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.